05 and 06 I deployed to Kuwait I used to wait every day for them to say Nature going home I miss my life, miss my wife For 15 months she was all alone But when I got back I felt out of control Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold I keep on drinking so I'm sinking in a river of liquor Me and my wife weren't alright, I didn't reconnect with it I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be so I invested in myself I started seeing coaches Life is a camera, I fixed the lens and now I see in focus Now my life's unrecognizable From my life just a couple years ago 17 plus years of marriage, it's never been better than this and we got three kids, that's who I do it for I'm called to be a leader I'ma lead the way, cause I'm a firm believer We can do anything we want If I said it, then I meant it I probably already did it Consider it done Consider it done If you need some inspiration, you should play this Championship Leadership Podcast Hey Bailey Championship Championship Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Championship Leadership Podcast. We've got Brandon Hakeem here from LA, Los Angeles, and uh, he's drinking a big jug of uh, celery juice, which we just saw before. <laughs> I was like, what's that, man? I got to try it out. So uh, welcome, Brandon. Thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So I know you're a little bit prepped for this. Many usually are. But the first question, Championship Leadership is the name of the podcast. What comes to mind for you when you hear championship leadership? I think the thing that comes to mind is the word integrity. And what I mean by that isn't someone who's, you know, necessarily honest or always tells the truth, although that's all important. What I mean by integrity is someone who their internal world is in alignment with how they act outside in the world. And through that alignment, they're then able to make an impact on other people and have other people join their cause or their movement or what they believe in. Yeah, I love it. It's awesome. And I, I just enjoy hearing all the different definitions of championship leadership. I think we're right around 300 episodes right now. And every <laughs> and time it's a little bit different. So I love it. That's why I, ask, that's why I keep asking that yeah. question. And just, just a quick, to, to go a little bit further into that, I think the reason that feel that resonates most with me in is because life all comes down to like, in my opinion, being authentic, living an authentic life, living a true life to yourself. And how many of us don't do that? And I mm-hmm. think it's possible to quote unquote lead other people, but doing so in a way that really doesn't fully align with who you are or with your deepest self. So yeah. I think being able to live your life in that authenticity and have other people join in that is is what excites me about leadership. Yeah, absolutely. Well said, man. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? You know, we do post the video, so you, there's a possibility you're watching this right now, but a lot of the listeners are are through, you know, iTunes and Stitcher, Spotify, all the all the likely places for a podcast. And you got a lot of books behind you. And I know reading books is a big part of your story. So maybe tell us a little bit more about you and, and uh, the path that you've been on and, and where that has taken you to what you're up to today. Yeah. So for me, all of this started in college. I was sitting in a college class and I 
was just thinking to myself, when will I ever use this information? So I went to the dean of my university and I told her, I feel like we're getting an outdated education. And I didn't tell her this. You legitimately went to the dean? I did, yeah. Yeah, I love it. (laughs) But, But I didn't do it to think that I had figured all of this out or to tell her like, hey, I got you. I just wanted yeah. to see what she'd tell me. I'm like, look, I'm a young kid. I'm, you know, I, I want to see different perspectives. Like, tell me why I'm wrong. And she didn't. She said, you know, we're coming out with a new curriculum. We're working on it. And then I'm like, with all due respect, I've seen the new curriculum. It's the same classes with different names. <laughs> yeah, and right. uh, I'm like, and then I had all these ideas, you know, you're, you're not, whatever, 1920. Sure. So excited. I'm like, what if we did this and that? And she's like, oh, no, no, we can't do those things. Uh, this, you know, and then uh, she started talking about how she's frustrated with her kids in middle school and high school and said, look, the problem isn't the school, it's the education system. And I'm like, okay, if the dean of the university that I'm going to is telling me this, I'm going to believe her. And that's when I started reading books. One book turned to two, two into four, four into over a thousand books. And I've since taught over 420,000 students online how to read faster, learn more efficiently, and just live a better life. You know, I really came wow. to believe that anyone who's achieved anything beyond mediocrity knew things we never learned in school. They were insiders. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's all about uncovering those insider secrets through books or through courses or through talking to people and uh, sharing them with others. So you took that journey and reading over a thousand books. And uh, now you've taken that and teach that to others and how to efficiently and effectively read and, and not just read, but like actually be able to take the information from the book and, and apply it. Exactly. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people out there. It's, it's almost like a badge of honor to talk about how many books you've read, but, but I think there is a big disconnect between reading and, and actually taking some, something from it to, to move you forward. Right. I think you're so right about that. You know, I say in my course as well, or all of my reading courses, I'm like, yes, set a reading goal of how many books you want to read each year, but also realize that there is zero inherent value to reading a book. Nobody, it's not an assignment like in school. Nobody cares that you finished a book or nobody cares that you did a great job on this assignment. And uh, nobody cares truthfully how many, or they shouldn't care how many you've read All that matters is what have you taken from what you've read or you've learned from other places and then applied and then not only applied, but ingrained so deeply that it's become a part of who you are. Yeah, right. Absolutely. That's what it's about. Well, I love that you're doing that. That's awesome. Have you written any books? No, I haven't written any books. Not yet? You going to? Is it on your list? It's not on my list, no. It's not? No interest? Not at this time? Okay. You know, when I was... When that's I was also writing, interesting for someone that's read so many books to not really have an interest to write. Yeah. I mean, I love writing and uh, I send out a daily email newsletter, which I write and, you know, things like that. You probably got a book right there just in your newsletters. You I honestly do. I mean, I, I yeah. have eBooks that I send to people with a collection of, of the newsletters and people love it. They're like, well, it would be so great if you put a collection, but yeah, I don't know. It just... Uh, I get it. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, and there's no sense in writing a book just to write a book. So uh, I love it, you know, write one because you really have the the interest to do it. But uh, let's shift gears just a little bit. I'm sure there's a lot of people that have influenced you through, you know, the stories that you've read and the books that you've read, but also wondering, you know, are, are there any 
people in your life, you know, leaders, coaches, mentors that have directly impacted you? And, you know, what is it about those folks? Like, what are some of the characteristics that have really stood out to you uh, from those people? What stood out to me that made them great mentors? Yeah. What are some of the, the leadership characteristics or just personal characteristics yeah. that you know from those people? Yeah. Well, I, I feel so blessed. And I, I think about this often. I look back on all of the people that have had an impact on me. And I, I look and I'm like, if even just one of them was missing, I would feel like I would be nowhere. Mm-hmm. Forget about outwardly what I've accomplished, but inwardly, I'd be nowhere close to who I am or how I'm able to live today. And just to name one of them, for example, but they all share one trait in common, which, sure. which I'm glad you asked. When I was um, 19, I started volunteering at a retirement home. And I became really close with this man who was 99 years old. And for four years, he, he was the grandpa I never had. You know, I never met my, grand, my grandpas. And it was always a great, when I was growing up, a great source of pain for me. So it was so exciting to have somebody fill that role, you know, 50 years later. And we, we would go on double dates together. We'd go to Costco for pizza with him and his girlfriend. You know, he was somebody in his retirement home. We'd, uh, That's awesome. You know, we just sit and talk about life. And in so many ways, he showed me what life is really all about. He showed me what's important. He showed me, you know, what it means to really connect with someone. He showed me just this feeling of love that I hadn't experienced to that point. But I think that something that really stood out to me about him is I could just be sitting there at the table with him, you know, dinner or whatever. And he, he would ask me, how are you doing, Brandon? And it's a question you hear all the time, right? How are you? But you could just feel, deeply feel how much he cared when he would ask that question. And I think, you know, I look back to everybody who's had a deep impact on my life. The level or the degree that they cared blows my mind. It's not like, it's not that they like cared a little bit. And honestly, I don't even know why they cared so much, but Mm -hmm. the, the degree that they cared and that caring showed in how they communicated, the how they went above and beyond to check in with me, how they went, you know, to make sure that I was getting certain results or um, would spend extra time with me than what was agreed. You know, some were paid mentors, some weren't. But I think that characteristic of deeply caring way beyond what is expected is uh, is really what is required to make make an impact. At least when I look back on on my life. Yeah, I think that's an incredible characteristic in. I don't know. Sometimes it, I don't, I don't think necessarily it's fair to say that it doesn't exist on a grand scale today, but you know, sometimes it feels like it doesn't exist as much as it had in the past, but, but uh, that's an incredible characteristic to have and to carry on hopefully and pass on to others. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think when you said that it's a rare characteristic, it really is. You know, I think of a book called uh, the go-giver. I love that book, by the way. Great book. Yeah. Just a little Mm -hmm. short, you know, story and, the, uh, the third law was, you know, about how most relationships are 50-50. It's always like, okay, this is the agreement that we have, or I do this, you do that. Right. And uh, those are the relationships that fail. And I think those are the yeah. leaders that fail as well when they're like, okay, this is my job responsibility. This isn't. This is what's expected of me. This isn't. And it doesn't matter if you're like formally a leader or not. I mean, anybody in their job position is a leader. And if they don't, you know, care to that degree, like, okay, this is what's expected of me 50, 50, you know, so that's a, 
Yeah, I think it's incredibly rare to care yeah. to that degree. But when somebody does, it shows and you know it. Yeah, it's one of those things that I love. And I think that's true for probably many uh, leadership characteristics would be oftentimes, like we're talking, they can be a little bit rare, but they're really not complex. Like it's it's not hard to care about somebody to really kind of go the extra mile or to, like you say, to to go up. 100% all into a relationship, not just with the 50-50 mindset. Like all of those things are very simple to do, but not easy, right? So that, and that's, I think why, you know, that's the catch, right? That's why it's not as common as unfortunately we would like it to be. Right. And I think you could even draw a little, maybe we're reading, or I'm reading into this a little bit too much, but you can even um, like draw it and make it go full circle, going back to what we talked about at the beginning, integrity or being authentic, you know, when you're authentic and you're in touch with yourself, I think you care more. It's just natural, you know, it's not a formula to leadership. It's not, okay, I'm going to do this Mm -hmm. and act this way. It's just like being in touch with yourself and letting that express in how you are with other people. Yeah. Yeah. Right. What is your vision for what you're up to and, and, how many did you say 420,000 people? Is that right? Did I hear that right? Yeah, more than 420,000 people have taken more than 420,000. So, so that's an incredible impact that you've already made. So, what's the vision for you? Because I I say it all the time on here, and people that are listening uh, probably are sick of it. But you know, I'm a football guy, so you know, I think of a Bill Belichick or Nick Saban, just these coaches that have continuously kind of been to the pinnacle of their profession competing against the best in the world and they continue to find a way to to reach the top is because of the vision that they're able to see that some others aren't and also having the courage to take action on that. So what's your vision? What's more importantly, the impact you want to make through that, let's say even short term next five years? Yeah, I guess there's two ways to say it. But what comes to mind for me is that I really believe that what's the norm out there in the world is not necessarily normal. And what I mean by that is, you know, I remember when I was in college, one of the, uh, there were a few quotes that really resonated with me. One was Oscar Wilde said, everything popular is wrong. Mark Twain said, whenever you find yourself on the side of the majority, it is time to pause and reflect. Earl Nightingale said, if you don't know what to do, just look at what everyone else is doing and just do the opposite. And you'll be no wrong a day in your life. And I share all that not to say that any of those things are true, but just to question the idea of what everybody does when we consider normal, this isn't necessarily normal. And I just have a vision for our individual lives, for society, for the world that is much bigger than I think how we're living today. You know, I, I mm-hmm. see a world yeah. where people are filled with joy and they're spreading that joy. And it's just a natural emanation of who they are and how they live. And, uh, you know, not so stuck in the mind and always thinking and figuring things out and overthinking and not really connecting with other people and always just trying to get to the next goal. And so really my vision is to even if I play a small part, but in in creating more joy in the world, that is what what excites me. I love it. Yeah, I love it. Beautiful. This is uh, totally off topic a little bit, but coming back to what you said about your dean, is, is she still the uh, the dean at, at that college? No, Just she's curious. not. She's okay, not. okay. <laughs> Just curious. Um, what, uh, 
you know, you, you kind of talked a little bit about this next question, but, you know, I always ask people about kind of that fork in the road moment. I think we all have many of these moments, but sometimes there's one or two that really kind of stand out. Um, so if you could kind of think of a moment in your life where you got that crossroads, right. And you, you're trying to decide if you want to go left or right. And some maybe, you know, I think like Mark Twain said, or w- there was one of them in there where, you know, the majority is kind of going one way, but you kind of feel pulled to go, you know, right instead of left. And it's always a difficult decision to make because we're always wanting to know, like, <laughs> we want the guarantee, right? We want, well, if I go right, is it going to work out, right? And I think that's a beautiful part about life is that we don't know the answers and you got to take the leap of faith and, and find out. And uh, so, you know, obviously you made the decision that you did, which has you where you are today, but had you not, you'd be in a very different place is there a moment that, that comes to your mind that you could share with us that uh, could help maybe someone that's in that moment right now trying to decide? Yeah, I, I think, you know, there's so many like dominoes that then knock down mm-hmm. many other dominoes. But for totally. me, the one that comes to mind more than any is what appears to me to be the first domino that knocked down everything else. And it was, you know, in, in ninth grade, I went to a new school and I didn't go to the high school that where all of my friends went. So I, I went to this new school, very small school. I had new friends. I spent every Saturday night home alone. You chose to do that? Well, kind of. I mean, it was just like, I had applied to this school. I applied, I got in and it was okay. kind of like, yeah. you know, my parents are, are like, yeah, just go for a year. If you don't like it, you can always go back. It's not. A, yeah, sure. And of course I didn't know that I would you know, lose touch with all my old friends. I didn't know that it'd be so yeah. difficult for me to make new friends. And you know, I was very shy also. So then there was a, and, and for three or four months, I, I had one friend in ninth grade. And the reason we bonded so much is because we both came from different schools. So okay. all we talk about is how much we didn't like this school. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> but what was really interesting is it was three weeks past, it was February, it was three weeks past the deadline of when you had to commit if you're going to enroll for the next year or not. And I had just spent three or four months telling myself how there's no way I'm coming back. I can't wait to go back with all my friends, whatever. So the registrar, registrar, whoever it was, like pulls me into her office and is like, hey, uh, you know, you, I need to know, are you coming back next year or not? And I'm like, oh, can I like, uh, can you give me like, can I go talk to my parents, whatever. And, and she's like, no, it's been three weeks already past the deadline. I need to know now. And I, uh, you know, I just don't even know why I says like, uh, okay, I'll stay kind of came out <laughs> and that made all the difference. You know, I remember it, it's funny how like life seems to give you signs. Sometimes it's best to have to make those decisions quickly, right? Kind of like that. Yeah. And I think there are several lessons there that I actually love to share, but I, just a quick note about the story that I thought was also fun was I remember a week later in, in English class, we read Robert Frost's poem, The Road Less Traveled. And yeah. uh, really, you know, I always thought that the poem was about that. Oh, you take the path that's way less, you, you go like completely the opposite of what everyone's doing. And, but when he was explaining English, like that's actually not what it says at all. Because mm-hmm. what Robert Frost says in the poem is that the roads, they were traveled almost the same. It was just that one was traveled slightly less than the other. The poem was that once you start on a path and you make that decision, 
it leads to an entirely different life. Chances are you're not going to then backtrack and go back and go back to that other road. Right, right. Yeah. And I was like, that is yeah. exactly what happened to me with that yeah. small decision. I think a few lessons there that really stand out. Number one is the degree to which we can bullshit ourselves with thoughts that aren't true, yet we act as if they are true. Four months, I was telling myself and psyching myself out by saying, there is no way that I want to stay here. This is absolutely the wrong thing. I was convinced of it. And, you know, but how is it that, you know, why did I say, yes, I'll stay? Why is it that I can look back now and say, that was the best decision I ever made because it completely changed my life in the next Next three and a half weeks or three and a half years of that school were amazing. Aped me in so many ways. So that, that's one lesson. Another one is how really the, the, the best things in life happen from things that could have very easily not happened. It's not the big sweeping things that, you know, shape everything. It's the one party that you almost weren't going to go to and you decide to go to. Yeah. And you don't even realize that it's a fork in the road. You end up meeting your husband or wife at that party, for example. Yeah. And I think the, the other lesson there is a lot of times you're at a fork in the road, but you don't even know. You don't even know it. Yeah, I love that. You don't know right. until you look back. And I think the third lesson is trusting your intuition. You know, I yeah. think deep down, I knew that I wanted to stay. Yeah. And I could have, you know, spent, again, all the bullshit thoughts but when you yeah. get out of the thinking and you just kind of feel into the problem and like, what feels like the right decision for me? Cause more thinking, you know, there's no, no extra thinking is going to help me get more clarity on this. I already right. know I've already, you know, so I mean, I, I think it's a, a lot of lessons there. I love it. What did you, did the friend that you met at that school, did he decide to stay or yeah, did he, he stay too? He did. All right. He good too. And, and uh, he's still one of my closest friends and that's great is uh, yeah. And it's cool too, because I think, after I made that decision that I'm going to stay, I, I started loving the school. And so did he. Yeah. I guess one other quick lesson there too is you got to burn your ships when you know that, okay, I'm going down this path, kind of like the Robert Frost poem, and there's no option to go back and go down the other path. Then you can really enjoy that path. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned Robert Frost because that's that's kind of exactly what I think about every time I ask this question. So I appreciate your time here today as we kind of wrap this up. If there were one or two things, you know, you've, we've already, I think, given some some good little nuggets that people could take and, and put some action into. But if there were one or two things that you could give the listeners that if they if they did take action today, would help move their life forward today, what would that be? I think it's two things. I used to run a restaurant for many years, and there was a I don't know, pastor or priest or I don't know exactly what he was, but he he told me once he's like, you know, Brandon, life is about breath and depth. Breath in terms of you want to know a lot about a lot of things, you know, and I'm like, yeah, that resonates a lot with me. I like reading books. And he's like, but it's also about depth. You want to be deeply in touch with yourself. And I think that most of us go through life not really experiencing either. We finish school and we don't really learn too much, you know, after school. Maybe you learn, pick up things here and there, but are you actively doing things to move forward in your career? Are you up-leveling your skills? Are you taking online courses? Are you reading books? Are you listening to podcasts? And more importantly, are you doing it in a way that you're then acting on it and moving forward in your life? And then the depth part is, what are you doing to experience more depth and connection with yourself? You know, whether it's meditating, or I think one of the more important things anybody can do is releasing emotional baggage that we all hold on to. But anyway, I think big picture is just asking yourself, what am I doing on a daily basis to experience more breadth and depth? I think leads to more success in life, 
also leads to more fulfillment. I love it. That's great. What are a few ways if the listeners want to find out more about you, any of the, the programs, services that you offer as well, when it comes to uh, what you do, helping people with 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 uh, reading books and, and and holding on to that and being able to read and consume faster, all those great things that you do. What are some ways that they can follow you and, and learn more? Yeah, the best way is to just go to insiderschool.com and at the very least join the free email newsletter. I think there's just a ton of value and wisdom in there. Every email has the header, like here's another two minute email taken from thousands of pages of books just for you. And it's just like, you know, you're just like taking all of that stuff and giving it to you in in two minutes or less every day. So uh, join that newsletter, insiderschool.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at Brandon Hakeem. And uh, I think those are two two great places to start. Wonderful, man. One last question as I do see all the books behind you. And I'm kind of a I'm a physical book kind of guy. I'm not a Kindle guy uh, and nothing against any of them. I do listen to some books on Audible, especially from Alpha Run. But if it comes down to it I, and I got to choose, it's it's a hard physical book. What is it for you? Oh, out of the two? Out of Kindle, Audible or physical book? Yeah, I've never I've never read a, uh, a book on Kindle or yep. I've never read an, an electronic book other than maybe like scrolling through something yeah. on a computer. So I've never done that before. I, I love having the physical book and yeah. I love audible too, but truthfully, when I have an audiobook, I also have the physical book yeah. alongside of it. And I still like taking notes yeah. in the book and all of that. So yeah. for me, if it's just one, it's the physical book. I like having that yeah. tangible thing. I like being able to take notes in it. I like being able to revisit it, flip through it, uh, pull it out of the shelf whenever I need it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Same here, man. I appreciate you answering that. I just uh, came to my mind as we we're closing this out. Yeah, so I appreciate you asking. Thanks for being here, man. It was a good, good talk. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thank you for having me. Let's go. Let's go. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, Nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't alright, I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera, I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable. From my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years. And marriage has never been better than this And we got three kids, that's who I do it for I'm called to be a leader I'ma lead the way Cause I'm a firm believer We can do anything we want If I said it then I meant it I probably already did it Consider it done Consider it done If you need some inspiration you should play this Championship Leadership Podcast Hey babe